0: Today we are uh, just doing like a one-off sermon today, um, what we're going to talk about. Next week we start a brand new series called RSVP, God, and so I'm excited about this. But the title of what we're going to talk about today is this, it's Relax, Replenish, Recharge. And uh, I love today because today for me means summer is here. Not only do we get to eat snowballs in a little bit, but uh, we are down to one service, which means summer schedules is here. Table groups are coming, which means summer is here. Uh, the school year is almost ending. Graduations are happening, which means summer is almost here. Uh, vacations are just around the corner. Uh, the beach is getting more full by the day, um, and uh, some of you, the pool has opened. It's been treated and it is ready to be dived in, even though it's only going to be 72 degrees today. Uh, but summer is here, and many of you are so happy that summer is here. For summer, for many of you, it means the end of a really hard school year. That this has been a hard year for you guys and you are thankful that summer is here. Some of you, you are thankful summer is here because vacation is coming and it means that you are going to get time to breathe and relax even if it's just for a week. Uh, I I don't know about you, but when summer comes, I get like a spring in my step. I kind of get excited when summer is here. This time last year on this very day, we were flying back, my wife, my child and myself, we were flying back from a week-long vacation in Florida where uh, we met some of my family from England and we had this beach house in Florida and we spent the week on the beach. It was wonderful. It was the first time we had done something like that for many years. And uh, I I felt relaxed. Uh, I I felt great. I felt an orange glow about me. I think that was more about the sun. But uh, it it felt great. And uh, I got on the plane. I was like, oh, I'm ready to take on life. But within about two weeks, that had just gone because the stresses and the the, the work and and just the, the the toil of life started to get back, and it, it just didn't feel like I'd been on vacation. I felt like I needed another vacation, but uh, that wasn't to be. And th- there is a myth that that a week away will recharge and replenish your mind, your soul, and your body. And some of you, you've got uh, vacations coming up. You maybe you're going to. Ocean City, maybe you're going to the Outer Banks, maybe some of you are going to Florida or abroad or some of you are going on a cruise or, or or whatever, but you've got some time coming up and you are hoping that that week away is going to give you the energy that you need to get back and uh, and the strength to do life again. But this is what I've discovered about vacations. They are great and I love them, but I feel they are a little like bear- Burying your head in the sand for a week. That the busyness and stress of life doesn't go away, it's just you forget about it for a week. And so when you actually come up and lift your head out the sand, it is still there, and, it, and that stress and the, and the busyness of life has not gone away. Have you noticed? And I think the older I get, the more I notice it actually takes a couple of days of vacation to actually feel like you're on vacation, like trying to get out of all the busyness and the stress and and all the demands of life while you're on vacation. But what if, what if this vacation this year could be something different? What if this vacation this year, as soon as you hit vacation mode, you're like, whoa, I'm on vacation. I feel relaxed. I feel replenished. I feel recharged. You know, most people ask me all the time when they fa- find out that I'm not from around these parts. They, they, they ask me, so what do you miss about Europe? And for those of you, if you're new here, I'm not Australian. And I'm not South African. I'm, I'm British. Because I get that all the time. I'm like, where are you from? I don't want to offend you. I'm like, just guess. And it's always Australia or South Africa. Not many people say England. So... People ask me all the time, what do you miss? Do you miss Europe? And, uh, and I said, yeah, there's some things I miss, there's some things I don't. I, this is my home now. And they said, well, what do you miss? And it always used to be sport. I always used to miss the sport. But now with the wonders of cable television, I can actually watch British sport on TV and actually see as much as I could in the UK so I don't miss the sport anymore. But there is one thing I do miss. And when people ask me, and this is what I say, I miss the pace of life. Because they are just chill and they're relaxed. Now, not everybody, but... The pace of life is a little bit more relaxed. I was back home in, in, in March and I'll be honest, my mother and father's pace and my brother's pace and the rest of my family's annoyed me like crazy because there was no urgency at all about them because I'm an East Coaster and we're go, 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 go. But, but I miss the pace of life because we are so quick in, in our pace of life. We're so fast. We're going from one thing to another, to another, to another. And I miss that. Now, this is what I find us here in the United States, especially on the East Coast. I find that our mind, our bodies, and our souls can be illustrated by the difference between a Thanksgiving meal and a summer salad. And this is what I mean. Thanksgiving meals are great. I love them because there's lots of food and there's lots of things you can devour and you sit back and and you eat way more than what you ever should eat in like a year, in a day And, and you feel like super bloated and then you sit on a couch after and you fall asleep because you go into that turkey coma and it feels amazing, right? But that's one day a year. But imagine if you ate like that every single day of the year. and well, Maybe you might. But if you do eat like that every day of the year, then you are going to become an unhealthy person. You are going to be someone in, you may gain a little bit of weight. You may get some little heart disease. Your cholesterol may not be too good. Because that kind of food is not good for you every single day. In fact, all you need for today to get the nutrients and the energy that you need is a nice little summer salad. That's all you need. But yet some of us, we are doing life like we are eating a Thanksgiving dinner. We are doing life like we just have to consume as much as we can, as quick as we can. And we are getting filled up by all the activities and different things that we're doing in life. And this is is what it's causing us to do. It's causing us to get tired. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I eat a Thanksgiving meal, I get tired. There's something in Turkey that puts you to sleep. I don't know what it is. And what happens is the more that you eat, the more your body needs downtime to recover. Did you know that when you eat, your body uses the most energy it does for the day? Because the energy is going to digest in the food. And so the more you eat, the more energy it requires, which means that you get more tired. But this is the problem. We are doing life like we're eating a Thanksgiving meal, thinking we're going to miss out. When in reality, if you want a good life, then all you really need is a summer salad of activity. A few different things here and there. See, we filled our days with so much action and stuff. It's like we're consuming a Thanksgiving meal of activity each week and we're becoming tired and unhealthy because of it. When all we need is a summer salad. So I'm going to ask you today, are you tired? Are you tired? Are you a little worn out? I know for some of you second service people who normally come at 10.45, get in here and 10 o'clock is like, whoa, this is early for me, people. But I'm not talking about just this morning. I'm talking in life. Are you tired? Are you a little worn out? Well, if you are, I want to talk to you today about the solution of overcoming that tiredness what you need to do in your life so that you're not feeling a little weary, you're not a little tired, you're not a little worn out, but you have energy for life. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 40, and I'm gonna read verses 28 to 31 to you, and this is what it says. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary, So in this little passage of scripture right here, God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. And this is what God is saying. He says, I am giving you a promise that it is the Lord God who gives strength to the weak. He gives power to the powerless. And he helps those who are tired regain energy. And those who are broken, he helps them heal. It also tells us that the Lord God himself does not get tired. He is not a weary God. And that is good news because some of us, if I was God, you would make me weary. But did you know you do not make God weary? Your prayer requests do not make God weary. Your, your, your different things in life that you do, do not make God weary. He is not a weary God. God is a God who is full of energy. And if you want to experience God's that I call the way that Isaiah talks about in life, I call it the God way. And if you want to experience the God way to live life, I tell you, it will change your day, it will alter your week, and it will transform your life completely. Now for those of you who want to live the God way, then Isaiah tells us of three levels of living this journey of faith that we can do. The first level is this, we can walk it. We can walk the journey of faith. The second level is this, we can run the journey of faith. And the third level is this, we can fly the journey of faith. We can walk, we can run, and we can fly. And I'm going to be very honest with you this morning. And tell you this, some of you are limping when you should be walking. Some of you are limping on this journey of faith when you should be walking. Some of you, you are so broken, you are so uh, just tired, you are so worn out. Some of you, you even got uh, theology confused. And you are limping on this journey of faith when you should be walking. A good example would be somebody who gets on a bicycle. And and if you get on a bicycle, the bicycle should make the journey a little easier. Unless you're going up a really steep hill, then you're going to push the bicycle. But the bicycle should make the journey a lot easier. And so you get on the bike and and you start pushing the pedals and, and moving the pedals and you move at a good pace. And that's the way that God wants you to live life for many of you. But this is what's happened for some of you. You've punctured your tire. And so your tire no longer allows you to move at the pace you need to move. And so this is what many of you are doing. You've got, you've picked up your bicycle. And now you are walking this journey of faith with the weight of a bicycle on your shoulder. Some of you, you've gone through some things in life that have hurt you, that have brought you down, that 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 have just come into your life unexpectedly. And it's like your life has been punctured, and now you've got the weight of life just dragging you down as you are trying to walk. Some of you, this is just this this could even be religion. That that just the rules and the regulations of religion is just weighing you down and you cannot walk properly, you are limping. And some of you, you are limping when you should be walking. Some of you, you are walking when you should be running. You're walking when you should be running. Some of you, you're walking very casually on this journey of faith, but God has plans for you and God wants you to run. God wants you, you to, to run like a gazelle on this journey of faith and instead you're just walking like a turtle. A good example of this, I heard a story many years ago of a lady who... Came from the United States over to London, England. And uh, all her life, she'd only driven automatic transmission cars. And she got, she landed in London. She went to the car rental place and she went and rented a car. And she drove off in the car. And a couple of days later, she called the car rental company. And she says, the car is broke. And so they sent someone else to take a look at it. And she had blown out the engine. And she was like, I don't know what happened. They said, well, was the car like doing anything funny? She goes, yeah, the car just wouldn't go fast. It wouldn't go over 30 miles an hour. I was on the highway. Everyone else was doing 70. I could only get to 30 miles an hour. And they were, they were like, well, I don't know. They were like, I mean, did you change gears? She was like, change gears. And she didn't realize the car was a stick shift. And so she put the car in third gear. I don't know how she started it and got off without stalling. But all she could get up to 30 miles an hour. And she didn't realize there was a fourth and fifth gear that she could get in. And she burnt the car out. And for many of you, you're doing life like that. You are walking when you should be running. You don't realize there's extra gears to this journey of faith. You don't realize that the gears help you slow down and they help you speed up. And you're just trying to go flat out on one pace all the time. Some of you are walking when you should be running, but then some of you you are running when you should be flying. Have you ever got on a plane when a plane's about to take off? That plane starts to go pretty fast, right? And every time I'm all I'm thinking is, I really hope this plane actually takes off. Because if we just keep going at the pace that we're gonna go at, we're gonna crash, we're gonna burn, we're gonna die. So I hope it takes off. And God has plans for many of you and those plans involve flying. That God wants you to fly higher than what you've ever been before. He wants to take you to places you've never been before. But this is what's happened. You are running but you are not flying. And what's going to happen? You keep running. You're going to hit the barriers at the end. You're going to crash and you're going to burn and you're going to be good for nothing for anybody. And the way that we fly in this journey of faith is this. Is we really take hold of what, who God is, we immerse ourselves with the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to take us on a journey that we've never been before because some of you are running when you should be flying. And I want to show you today very quickly in just one change of direction how you can walk if you are limping, how you can run if you're walking, how you can fly if you are running. That this summer you can experience what it means to run on full and not empty how to bring constant healing to your bodies, and that this year when you go on vacation, this vacation will not be about just getting away from the stress of life, but the vacation will just be about having fun and making memories. So here in Isaiah, it tells us, it says that those who trust or those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Now, Back in Isaiah's day, there was a legend that went around about eagles. I don't know if you've ever seen an eagle fly, but they fly in the most majestic way. It's amazing how an eagle flies. But the legend went like this, that there was an old eagle that was aging in age. And this eagle could not fly as high as it used to fly because its wings had got worn out, had got torn, and they were just old. And so this eagle one day decided that he wanted to fly higher. And so this eagle took himself to the top of the cliff. And it dived into the sea, into the ocean. And the legend goes, as the eagle dived into the ocean, that suddenly the wings of the eagle came off the the eagle. that The old wings, they flew off and then the eagle emerged from the water and started to fly in high and it gained new wings wings like a young eagle and the legend goes that the eagle started to fly higher than the eagle had ever flown before and many of you you're flying or you're trying to fly or you're trying to walk you're trying to run and it's like you've got some old wings They're just worn out. They're a little torn. And this is what I know in life. You may be feeling weary. But weariness, I believe, comes from a lack of healing, not from the weight that you are carrying. Some of us, we're we're, we're weary, and we think it's because we've got so much on our shoulders. But I don't think that's the case. I think the reason we're often weary is because of a lack of healing in our lives. Now, whenever you work Whenever you walk, whenever you run, it always causes your mind, your body and soul to tear a little. You are not injury proof. Life will cause damage to your soul. There's no doubt about it. You you cannot go through this life unharmed, untouched, uninjured. It will happen from one time or another that you will find damage in this life. But, if you want to get stronger and healthier, then you need to tear through the old like the legend of the eagle, and you need to bring in the new so this year, I really felt compelled to start living a little healthier and it started at the beginning of the year and and, 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 and i 've changed a lot of my my eating habits and but one of the things that i 've done this year is i 've actually just like worked out a little bit more. Do I look a little buffer? And uh, probably not. So I've actually worked out a little bit more. And I always hated working out. I love to play like competitive sport, but I hate working out. Uh, I, I don't know why, but working out always left me tired. I was always so tired, whether I did it in the morning Then I was just done for the rest of the day or if I did it at night, I was just exhausted and the next next day I'd wake up aching and a little groggy and I hated working out. And so I decided to like start to research a little the best ways to work out. And so this is what I discovered. Before when I was working out, before I started my working out, I would stretch and then I would work out and then I was so exhausted from working out that I would just sit down and just lay on the couch and maybe fall asleep or, you know, just lie in my bed. But this is what I discovered, that you shouldn't stretch before you work out because your muscles are cold. So you need to do light exercises to warm up your muscles. Then you work out. Then after you work out, that's when you stretch because your muscles are warmer. And that's a safer way to stretch. And by stretching it, stretching your muscles, you are then, uh, then you, you are helping your muscles become flex, a little bit more flexible and stopping them from hurting so much. See, you're not just learning about the Bible here this morning. It's good lessons for life. But then this is what I also discovered. I was still feeling tired. And so I found out that after you work out, what happens is your muscles actually tear a little when you work out. That they tear and, and, and it causes damage and, 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 and that your muscles need nutrients and they need protein. And so, about 15 to 20 minutes after you work out, eat some protein. And so, if you, like, go, if you go around people who work out all the time, they just drink protein shakes, right? All these protein shakes. But it's actually a good thing because what the protein does, it comes and it brings healing to your muscles and it helps then your muscles regain strength and so they're breaking through the old, they're bringing in the new and then your muscles feel a little stronger. So I started teaching this to my wife who could never do push-ups. She always did the girly version of push-ups and I was always saying you need to do proper push-ups and now she can actually do a couple of push-ups because she's finding that her muscles are getting a little stronger because she's treating them in the way that she should. And this life of faith is like one big workout. It's good for your soul. It brings you life. It gives you breath. But unless you understand how God quickly comes and heals the muscles of your life, then you are going to grow weary and tired. Isaiah 43 verse 31, it says this, but those who trust in the Lord or other versions say those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. To wait or to trust means to delay a certain action until an appointed time. Husbands and wives, you know all about this. You know that there is one part of your partnership that is always late and the other one is always early. Right? No doubt about it. And this is what happens. Well, this happens in my house. And I'm not saying who's the late person, who's not, but... You will get ready, or somebody in your family will get ready. You'll get ready, and you'll be ready to go out the door, and you'll just be waiting, and you are waiting on the other person. And you are waiting and waiting because that other person is trying to get ready, and they are going super, super, super slow. And so you are waiting and waiting and waiting, but you know if you want a healthy marriage, you do not leave that house until the other person's ready, even if it makes you late. You know that. And so you are waiting for the other person. And that's exactly what we're doing with God. Because we think we're ready. But if you want to renew strength in God, then you need to wait for God. Because God's timing is not always your timing. And what is making us weary and what is making us tired is that we're going and going and going. And often we are leaving God behind it says, those who trust in the Lord or those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. And this is the solution to your weariness and tiredness. We are to delay acting until God says, let's go. Life is like a workout. And we think once the workout is finished, then we just got to move on to the next thing. Yet waiting on God is like a stretching out a little. It's like us sitting down, drinking a protein shake or getting ourselves some chicken or some beans and getting some protein into our bodies. Because when we wait on God, it's that time when we're waiting on God that God is bringing the nutrients into the muscles of our soul that we need to heal. And this is what I know about waiting on God. Waiting on God requires faith. Faith that God will do what he says he will do. That God will actually turn up. That God will actually come when he needs to come. Waiting on God though eases the pressure. Because now we know it is not to us to heal our bodies. It is to God to heal our bodies when we wait for him. Waiting on God, it lifts the weight. Have you noticed the bigger your muscles get or the more you work out your muscles, the less heavy things become. I had a friend called Rick who lost a ton of weight. I mean, he should have like been on Biggest Loser. I mean, a ton of weight. And I remember one day he asked us to go to Ikea because he needed to get a new table. I'm like, well, can't you just go yourself? Why do you need us? He goes, no, you don't understand. He said, since I've lost all the weight, I've got no strength. I can't lift the table up anymore. I'm like, I need your guys' help, which, you know, we weren't very sensitive or compassionate towards his plight. But... <laughs> But that's what happens. If we gain muscle, things don't seem as heavy anymore. And the more you wait on God, the more the stresses of life do not seem as heavy. And then waiting on God takes time. You have to go through the process. And the problem with waiting is that we don't like delays. We want to go at the speed we want to go at. And if something is taking too long, we want to act so we can speed it up. Yet waiting on God can be so difficult because when we try to do what only God can do, it always ends up in failure and disappointments. And some of you, you are trying to push through when God has not said, yes, let go, let's go yet. And it's going to end in failure and disappointments. But when you wait on God and wait for God's time, when God's time is right, it always ends up better. See, waiting on God is about doing what you can do, then stopping, trusting in God, and letting God do what only he can do. See, waiting on God, though, does not involve just sitting on the couch, doing nothing, looking at the clock. Have you ever, like, tried to watch a clock? I used to do it a lot of times at the beginning of our marriage. Not so much now. We'll just watch a clock. Are we going to go yet? Are we ready to go yet? Watching a clock can be really stressful. And it can be a weary task. But waiting on God involves yourself getting ready. College graduates, and if you're graduating from college, then then I'm speaking to you because I was one of these at one point. They're the worst at this. They come out of college and they think they're just going to get a job. Right? And I thought I was. And so I sat around in my parents' home for about four months without a job. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get a job. I'm a graduate. Someone's going to give me a job. And I just waited and waited and waited to get a job. And then, do you know what? I ended up getting a job out in a call center. But it was through that process that I started to work my way up the career ladder. Because I started to get myself ready because just because I had a college degree doesn't mean I was work ready. And if you're single here today, I want to speak to you as well. Don't just sit around waiting for the perfect person to come along because they're not coming along. You have to get yourself ready. Because what if God is withholding that person because you're not ready? You need to work on yourself Before you can expect God to send the perfect person to you. And I tell you, there ain't no perfect people. Just by the way. See, God is preparing things for you in your life. You you have to go and work and prepare yourselves for them. And some of you, God has got great things for your life. But you are in a place where you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. But God is saying, prepare yourself. See, if you want to run or fly in life, then this is what I believe you need to do. You need to become a farmer by day and a stargazer at night. This is what I mean. Farmers, they are not lazy people. I don't know if you've ever met a farmer. They're they're up at the crack of dawn. They work, work, work. They are hard workers. But this is what farmers do. They prepare, they plant, and they water. But there's three things a farmer cannot do. A farmer cannot bring the rain, it cannot bring sunshine, and a farmer cannot cause the growth. Unless he wants to artificially make some stuff, which some do, but they're not very healthy for you. But if you want the best produce, you cannot bring the rain, you cannot bring the sunshine, you cannot cause the growth. And this is exactly what we need to be in our journey of faith. As you seek out to follow Jesus on this journey of faith, work like a farmer. Work at what you can do and then trust and wait on God for what only God can do. Don't overstep the mark because you are getting a little impatient and try to do what only God can do. Then, after you've worked hard, after the day is over, then instead of... Just sitting in, in bed or lying in bed, worrying about the worries of this life. Worrying about whether the seeds you planted are going to grow or not. Whether you're going to get a harvest this year or not. Instead of lying in bed and worrying about those things, instead at night become a stargazer. Enjoy the glow of the night sky. In our house we got two skylights and I love our skylights. Because at night, when the sky is clear, it's like it illuminates our house. Because you see the moon and you see the stars, you see all these different things. And it's amazing to see. And I believe that's what God wants you to do. While you're waiting on God, work at what you can do. And then while you're waiting for God, just stare and gaze on the glory of who God really is. That's why I'm such a huge advocate for worship. Because I believe worship is a part of stargazing. I'm a huge advocate of reading your Bible. Because I believe reading our Bible is an act of stargazing. Especially the Psalms. They are such a comfort to us. I believe on meditating on the goodness of God and sitting back and thinking of the goodness of God. I believe in counting your blessings writing down the things that God has done for you as an act of stargazing. I believe in serving others because I believe these are all acts of stargazing. These are ways that we can, uh, we can deal with our lives while we're waiting on God. Psalm 40 verse 1 tells us this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. Psalm 25 5 says, Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope or my trust in you. Psalm twenty-seven fourteen tells us, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So I ask you today, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you limping when you should be walking? Are you walking when you should be running? Are you running when you should be flying? Then work at what you know you can do, but then stargaze into the wonder of who God is as you allow God to replenish your soul, heal your spirit, and revive your body. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads in prayer. And as you bow your heads in prayer today, I'm going to read the words of Jesus to you that are found in Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to read it from the message version, and this is what it says. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, some of you, you're, you're a little tired. Some of you are worn out, Some of you, you're tired in your marriages. Others, you're tired in raising your kids. Some of you, you're tired of just family squabbles and broken relationships. Some of you, you're tired of work. Some of you, you're you're tired of sickness or disease. You're tired of caring for others. Some of you, you're just worn out by life. Maybe some of you, you've got dreams that have died. You had aspirations for life that just failed, and you are tired and worn out. And if that's you today, then I want to pray for you. And as I pray for you, I believe today can be a day as we wait on God, that God can replenish your soul, revive your spirits and relax your body that the weight that seems so heavy can be lifted as we look to God who says that if we trust in Him and we wait for Him He will renew our strength we will rise up with wings like eagles we will run and not grow weary we will walk and not faint that is the promise of God for you today So let's pray together. Father God,